Welcome to Nothing Ventured, a podcast exploring some of the lesser heard stories in tech and venture. Join me, Aris Shah, as I speak to founders, investors, and ecosystem operators in the UK and beyond. Hello and welcome to Nothing Ventured with me, Arish Shah. Today, I am really, really excited to be joined by Kerry Sharp. Kerry has spent the last 16 years at Scottish Enterprise with almost a decade as Director of Growth Investments, previously the Scottish Investment Bank, with a remit to grow Scotland's early stage funding market whilst overseeing their existing portfolio of over £450 million of financial assets, and has latterly taken Scottish Enterprise's entrepreneurship activities under her remit. Prior to joining Scottish Enterprise, Kerry's career spanned several years in corporate banking, followed by four years with 3i Group, managing a broad portfolio of equity investments in SMEs. She also maintains roles as an advisory board member at the London Co-Investment Fund, Fintech Scotland, as well as Converge, a pan-university company creation program. Kerry, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Eddie. Delighted to be here. Awesome. Let's dive straight in. You've spent over 50% of your career working with Scottish Enterprise, but I would hazard a guess that there are quite a few people out there that don't really have an understanding of what it is that Scottish Enterprise is and does. So could you give us a helicopter overview alongside your role within it? Yeah, absolutely. So I think you'd be right. So Scottish Enterprise is Scotland's main economic development agency. So our role is to develop and grow the Scottish economy to the benefit of all. So it's about creating quality jobs right across the country and supporting the economy to be more inclusive and, of course, net, net zero, uh, like most, most places. Uh, we have an international arm, so Scottish Development International, and their role is to focus on um, trade, inward investment and attracting capital to, to Scotland. And as you say, what I'm responsible for is entrepreneurship and investment. Our work there is very much focused on creating a, a positive, supportive ecosystem to Scotland's entrepreneurs and high growth companies. And we do this by stimulating and supporting a pipeline of early stage companies. And we're really interested in those that are developing innovative products and, and services which really help the future. So we work with entrepreneurs directly to equip them with the skills that they might need to set up a, a high growth business. So that could be startups, can be spin outs. And for the early stage businesses starting out on their journey, we offer advice on how to, to grow their business. And a, a really important part of all of that is, is investment, and we invest directly into to early stage companies. So we introduced what we believe to be the first public-private co-investment fund way back in 2003. And since then, we've really introduced a number of new equity and debt funds to respond to essentially the needs of the market. So our co-investment funds themselves have been quite instrumental in the, in the growth that we've seen in the Scottish capital market, which has grown about fourfold in the past decade. So we're actually now one of the best performing regions outside of London and Gold Triangle, which a lot of people probably don't know. So over, over the piece, we've invested over 700 million to early stage companies, and that's allowed us to unlock over 2 billion of private sector capital. So to give you a flavour of the, the kind of amounts that we invested last year, we did about 102 deals. We invested down 50 million, leveraged uh, 260 odd million of private sector capital. And we've got a broad portfolio now, given that, that breadth of activity, 340, 50 companies with a value of not far off of half a billion. Amazing. So Scottish Enterprise has a focus across a range of verticals with investments in life sciences, IT and digital, as well as fintech and other sectors. But all of this is underpinned by net zero ambitions. So can you talk us through how you assess this? 
because clearly not all ventures you back will have a, a really clear, explicit net zero or green angle. So how do you actually understand and assess ventures along these lines? So a great question. It's, it's, it's very clear that the market is very much moving at a pace in favour of investments to put ESG consideration at the forefront of decision making. And it's slowly becoming a, a sort of not nice to have, really, but a, but a must have. And as you'll know, there's a growing evidence base on the how linked financial performance is to the effects of environment and social factors. So our appraisal of investment opportunities has always been much broader than just commercial because of who we are. So the economic development angle has been in there. But it's, it was very much, I guess, turnover and jobs growth previously, whereas now we have a real ambition to be a value-based investor. So aligning very much with ESG principles, but also even wider than that, to contribute to diversity, to the regional agenda, which from our point of view is across the whole, the whole of Scotland. And the net zero ambitions are, are absolutely an underpinning ambition to everything that we want to do. Now, you may or may not know that Scotland has a very ambitious net zero target. We aim to be net zero by 2045, so five years earlier than the wider. UK and because of that we absolutely need to embed it in, in everything that we do and that absolutely includes the investment side. So it's been very much a journey for us. So we, we haven't invested in, in companies that work against that agenda for, for quite a while. So oil and gas be a prime example unless there's a transition element there then we wouldn't invest in, in oil and gas companies. And we now work with, with all of our uh, investees to ensure that they've got an eight zero plan. And that's a kind of requirement now. And we do have a number of sustainability experts in a wider organisation who can help with that. In, in other parts of our business, we have put some grant schemes in place, which are very much focused on that agenda. So we had a green jobs call, for example, last year. And we're also, from a, an investment point of view, looking at how we can target more of our funding directly to the green space as well. So we're looking at a, a pilot fund at the moment in the enabling technology side of Net Zero. So really what we're doing is, is thinking about it from every angle. We can't move there overnight. You know, we all probably wish that we could. It's very much a journey and we're trying to accelerate that as much as possible. And, you know, working with our companies closely and the investors we work with to see what else we can do and how we can ensure that everybody's essentially focused on this agenda. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And I actually, whilst you were speaking, I think the thing that resonated most was first stop doing what is harmful or what, you know, stop investing in, in those products or businesses that maybe are very clearly not aligned with net zero ambitions. And, and I guess that's very counterintuitive if one thinks about thinks about kind of where a lot of Scotland's economic wealth has has come from. Obviously the oil and gas sector is quite significant in there. And I think exactly as you say, it's it's probably more about less about whether a company has a specific net zero sort of leg to their stool, as it were, but coaching them through what they need to do or what they can do to achieve more of a sort of net zero environmental kind of angle within the business. So actually talking through kind of how you guys look at the investments that you make, it'd be great to understand like what are the most important criteria when you're assessing a business opportunity? Because Scottish enterprise is relatively sector agnostic. And obviously one of the main things you'll be looking for is a potential uplift, especially an economic uplift to Scotland. But beyond these, what is most important? Is it the team? Is it the tech? Is it the traction? Or is it something else altogether? And of course, I guess that will vary across the different types of funding that you provide, whether that's sort of startup, scale up, whether that is debt financing or infrastructure financing or something else, presumably. 
Absolutely. And of course, all of those factors are important, as are the, the wider values that, that, that I talked about. But from an investment point of view, it's absolutely the case that team is the number one. Because essentially, you don't really invest in a company. I mean, obviously, technically you do, but you, you really invest in the team and what they're going to do with that company. So we want to, you know, recognise the, the um, entrepreneurial ambition and drive. We want to have trust and, and trusted relationships. We want to, to recognise the talent and ensure that they recognise the talent in their business. So, and we want them to know when to when to run, when to accelerate, when to to stop and stay steady. So, it's all about the people, absolutely. From our point of view as well, because we co-invest, then we are relying on the private sector co-investors that we're co-investing with. So we need to rely on their judgment. We need to be confident on that as well. So who we're, we're doing deals with is incredibly important for us as well. So we spend a lot of time with the, the investors before we, we, we look at an, an investment and making sure that we're aligned and that, that we are comfortable that they share our values on the types of companies that we want to invest in and how we want to do business essentially. So again, it's all, all back to people. I would very much say that investing is about the people on, on kind of all sides of the equation. Yeah, I don't think I've spoken to a single VC yet who said <laughs> who said anything different. But I think one of the things that I'd like to kind of maybe pick up on there, because I don't think that many people necessarily understand this. So Scottish Enterprise effectively won't invest directly without a without a co-investor in place. So you have, and I think they're all detailed on your website. And for those that want to seek investment from Scottish Enterprise, it's worth going to the website, looking at the co-investors and then applying to them directly. And how do you select those co-investors? I think it'd be really un- interesting to understand that because, again, you have quite a broad range there, ranging from one or two kind of quite well-known VC funds to kind of angel networks and other more, you know, sort of less sort of institutional kind of investors and more broad-based sort of angel networks, as I say. So how do you actually sort of organize yourselves around who you want to be co-invested with and how does one actually, you know, if, if someone wanted to become a co-investor with a Scottish Enterprise Fund, how would they do that? So it's a great question and, and there's kind of a couple of ways to, to look at it or to, to explain it maybe. So we operate two core co-investment funds. So one's called Scottish Co-Investment Fund and one's called Scottish Venture Fund. And the reason it's important to differentiate between the two of them is the Scottish Co-Investment Fund is the one that we've, we've had around for almost 30 years, which is relying on accredited partners. So that's the list that's on the website. So co-investors or potential co-investors um, apply to us to be a partner and they go through a diligence process. So very similar to the way that you're diligenced at a company, we're interested in who they are, what experience they've got, what they've done before and the point I made on, on values and being aligned on that. We then sign them up as an accredited partner through that co-investment fund and that means that that process for our investment is very streamlined and very quick. So we can invest alongside these accredited partners on a regular and very streamlined basis. And that just makes it more efficient for us to get the funding out of the companies in Scotland to get that funding. The venture fund is really interesting to, to get into the conversation as well because we can and, and do invest through the venture fund with, frankly, anybody that, that wants to invest in Scotland. So we are not diligent them as an as investor alongside them, but our approach to how we invest through the venture fund depends on who they are. So the more sophisticated arm's length experience that they are, the less um, hands-on we're going to be and the opposite of that. So if they haven't done many deals or we, we can't see that they're very alive, 
aligned with how we want to work, then we will be much more hands on. So any companies in, in Scotland that want to move into Scotland that have got co-investors of any shape or size and it's an early stage business, a high growth, innovative, all the things that, that we are interested in, then we can absolutely find a way to, to work alongside to support in any gap investment that's needed to ensure that companies can get the, the kind of full breadth of investment now that they need to really deliver on their ambitions. That's super interesting. I think I might have to have a conversation with you about that after we finish recording. But kind of moving on, because there's a, there's a couple of questions that I'm really interested in in getting into. You know, we're in the midst of a really strong series of shifts socially and economically, right? Earlier this year, the Scottish government actually released its strategy for economic transformation, which seeks to create a society that is thriving across economic, social, and environmental dimensions, and that delivers prosperity for all of Scotland's people and places. And in fact, the executive summary specifically states that it means a nation of entrepreneurs and innovators with resilient supply chains and competitive advantages in the new industries generated by technological change, scientific advance, and our response to the climate and nature crises. So where do you see Scottish enterprises' role in delivering on these ambitions? And what sort of gaps do you think need to be addressed to make this a reality? Because one of the things that, that is very clear to me at the moment is that there is this sort of early stage gap, which is taken up by the most part by high net worths, angels, etc. And obviously, when we see an economic downturn, as we have over the last several months and potentially you know, into the future, it makes it harder, say, for angels to invest because obviously their portfolios have taken a bit of a battering in the both the private as well as the public markets, whereas institutional capital has a bit more resilience around it. So yeah, I'd love to understand both kind of where the gaps are, but also how Scottish enterprise can help Scotland achieve those ambitions and drive that strategy forward. So the ambition set out in that strategy is essentially for a fairer, wealthier, greener economy in Scotland. So that that kind of drives all of our activity and all of the actions that they come from from this. Underpinning that is collaboration right across public sector, private sector, third sector, kind of everybody. The government's very much want to bring everybody together. So the strategy itself is very broad. It's um, over the next ten years and how we're going to transform the economy over you know quite quite a long term. And SE is a delivery agency for for part of that. One of the core strands, and as you kind of pulled out, um, is the entrepreneurial culture and people, as we call it. So that the strategy considers entrepreneurship holistically. So it's not just about a pathway for creation of businesses, but, but how the public sector can be more entrepreneurial, that that sort of thing. And our role is very much on the, the high growth businesses side, so on entrepreneurs starting and, and, and scaling businesses. And the reason that, that we focus on that is because it's very clear that there's a disproportionate impact on the economy from, from high growth entrepreneurs and the companies that they build, uh, the type of jobs and, and how they can be disruptive to, to future innovation. So, so that remains one of our core um, activities for, for a business under that strategy. And you mentioned the gaps or question on gaps. It's interesting because I think when a lot, a lot of time when people talk about gaps, think about funding gaps, and there's absolutely funding gaps, and, and we can come on to that. But there's also other gaps in there as well. So complexity of the landscape, for example, is something that, that we are we are looking at. We get a lot of companies feeding back that they just don't know where to go because almost that there's too much there. And how do we find the right place for us? And preparedness for for reason finance as well. A lot of early stage businesses have just never done it before, and they don't know where to go, don't know where to get help from, and sort of panic a little bit too. And we, we already address some of that through our financial readiness service, but at the moment we, we're only touching maybe 300 companies or so a year, and we really want to up that because we see there's a, a kind of a big, a big challenge there, so that'll be one of the things that, that we're going to be looking at. But as you rightly mentioned, the seed stage is, is, is absolutely a challenge. 
We do a report every year called the Scottish Capital Market Report, and it's been saying for quite a few years now, probably about four years, that there's less new to equity, smaller deals happening in the market. So the overall market's grown, continues to grow, but the very early stage is, is a growing problem that we need to, to look at how do we address that, because that's obviously kind of future future pipeline. So we're, we're actually about to do some from further analysis and gap analysis to try to get beneath that, to try to work out you know what it is. It might not be as bad a problem as we as we think, because we know certainly in Scotland there's a lot of competitions are out there, so Edge Scotland, uh, Converge Challenge, there's lots of advice and support that go with individual funding initiatives, which are then an alternative to, to companies from raising equity, maybe raising it later. So there's a need for us to kind of uh, look look below that and to work out how we can, if there is a supply challenge, how we can uh, find the best way to funnel some of that, that funding in. Because if the market's choosing not to do that itself, then how do we as a public sector play a role to, to encourage that in? Our co-investment funds are designed to leverage in uh, funding to an asset class which is high risk by nature that a lot of investors might not choose to invest in and that's been very very successful in that early stage but where we see individual gaps appearing or, or reappearing that we need to think about well what, what do we do that's a little bit different can, can help that some more we also see series a plus as a bit of a challenge in, in scotland we have seen what we call, which will maybe make you laugh, based in London, but we call kind of so we used to call sub ten, sort of over ten million, are kind of large deals, and we now because we go back. 10 years ago there wasn't really any happening they were quite sporadic you know every few years we might get one whereas now we actually do get them quite a lot um, but now even the, the kind of above 50 million we're now starting to see so it's definitely you know traction and that's came from all the early stage investment over the last sort of 30 years the way the market's built up but we still need to see more and when we look at other parts and um, particularly you know London surrounding regions you know we're, we're kind of undershooting what we want to see in, in that area so attracting larger scale capital from across the world, frankly, international capital is what we really need to see happening in Scotland. We've started to do some things round, round about that um, across the Silicon Valley meeting investors. We've got a global Scott network, um, which you may or may not be aware of, which a network of individuals based you know, right across the world in very senior roles and they're ambassadors for, for Scotland. And we use them in a way to help our companies get, get access to you know, international markets or just their advice and, and mentoring. And these are all things that we are you know, working through just now on where can we focus the most attention to really make a difference going forward and how do we ensure that we're moving all of these themes forward because I think all of them are, are going to you know, open up the opportunities for the economy going forward. Yes, I think that's really interesting. It's a combination of, I guess, you know, hard power, soft power, right? So the hard power comes from the capital, the soft power comes from expanding that network of scouts, as you say, and providing the opportunity for businesses backed by Scottish enterprise or Scottish businesses in general to be able to access markets and capital outside of the UK. And I think, you know, as we move forward, especially as we see how the rest of kind of the current crisis, and I say current because we ne- we never know when the next one's going to run roll around, but you know, as we see the current crisis play itself out, I think people will be looking further afield, both for capital as well as for support, as it becomes harder and harder to potentially raise in their home in their home country. And I, I don't think that that is necessarily completely specific or isolated to the UK and Scotland. I think it's very much a global issue. We're seeing the global numbers in terms of downturns within those funding markets especially at the growth stages and compression on values, et cetera, et cetera. So at the end of the day, entrepreneurs have to be as agile as possible and need to go looking for capital wherever they can find it. And I think we've all been slightly 
mollycoddled almost over the last several years into assuming that that we can raise capital whenever we want to. Clearly, that era has at least for now passed. Uh, maybe we'll get back there again sometime soon. But no, I think certainly the global scout network and kind of that soft power almost, if if I can call it that, is a really interesting angle and and obviously provides value beyond beyond the cash. So just as as we kind of wrap up, like this this podcast is all about shining a light on entrepreneurship, especially within the tech and venture ecosystem. And you've just mentioned a couple of, of ways that you do this, but beyond the capital, how does Scottish Enterprise actually support entrepreneurs on the ground and early stage companies on the ground? And and how do you how do you actually encourage more people to take that path, especially in a time where, you know, it is that much harder. People are looking at their bills. They are looking at whether it's it's a time to take the risk. So in the light of the current economic kind of climate, what are your your thoughts on how to encourage more people to start building a business? Yeah, it's a difficult time, isn't it? So from a social enterprise point of view, we firmly believe that an integrated package of early stage support is critical to businesses so it's absolutely more than than just the money so what we do as well as an investment activity is we have a a portfolio of high growth businesses that we intensively work with so that's uh, spin out startups scale up and and later stage scaling companies and we provide a tailored package of, of support to them so we work with them on their strategy, on their governance, workplace innovation, how to build management teams, because some of them are not are not clear on that. IP protection, internationalisation, how to raise funding, as, as I mentioned, is, is a big part of that. And it's all designed to meet the needs in particular of early stage companies because, you know, we recognise that they are different. Their, their skills and their, their focus and their, their background can be very different to, to later stage companies. So it's all, all focused on, on that. We've also got a very supportive ecosystem. There is a number of incubator accelerators and um, kind of co-working spaces across Scotland now. Some very kind of specialised ones like BioCity that have, you know, for life science companies in particular, um, lab space there. We've got innovation parks, we've got innovation centres that are pulling together and the, the academia and the um, industry experience to create uh, projects to help companies, you know, with their aspirations. So there's a lot happening in Scotland and we're just one part of, of all of that, which I think makes a great combination for, for um, entrepreneurs to be here and for companies to, to start up here. It's a really great question on how do we get more people down the entrepreneurial path particularly just now so definitely the current environment makes it a little bit tricky maybe for people to you know to to leave their job and then take up um, a kind of a new path but we do know history tells that many good businesses have been created essentially of necessity when people have, have lost their jobs as well so you know it's not not kind of all bad and there's there's been a lot of support created for, for entrepreneurs over over many years. Some of the people mentioned already, you know, Age and Converge are, are very well-used schemes that, that target the very early stage funding to, to new companies. We've got um, Entrepreneurial Scotland to equip people with mindset and, and skills and connectivity and making sure that they can really focus on how to start to grow a business. There's also wider aspects that are important to us on the diversity agenda, which I, I kind of touched on earlier. So there's Business called Young Enterprise Scotland, and they offer a variety of enterprise and uh, finance education programmes and developments for young people to gain support them on, on the path to set up a, a new business. And we also do a lot of work with um, some women-led businesses, Invest in Women, for example, that run a, a accelerator targeted at female entrepreneurs. So there's a lot of support there in the ecosystem, and we've been around about that 
to try to get these messages out to potential new entrepreneurs or existing entrepreneurs of the support that's there and trying to to make it easier to navigate. As mentioned, it can feel like quite a kind of complicated environment. You think it's great if you get lots and lots of things out there, and I think it is, but if people can't work their way, you know, round about it, it's quite quite challenging. So we do take a role in trying to make that easier for companies, entrepreneurs to understand, because if it doesn't look um, attractive and easy enough to find your way through it, then that puts a lot of people off, and we know that from our own research. And we've developed in the past uh, quite a number of entrepreneurship programs such as Unlocking Ambition and there's a lot of alumni from from these programs and we try to stay very close engaged with them to bring them back in to share their experiences to help other entrepreneurs and likewise our Global Scott Network has been a fantastic way of uh, just getting exposure for some you know from individuals who are you know considering you know going down that path just to get that exposure to people who are in the international market space have a lot of skills that they can they can add so there's I guess there's a kind of a holistic approach that we provide across Scotland to try to get people to see this as a very a very interesting path and one that can be really transformational not not just for them and you know potentially for their wealth but for the economy as well which is clearly the you know the key focus for us as an economic development agency. Yeah no I think that makes a lot of sense and the other thing that I think it's probably worth adding is not only you know they're great businesses that are built during times of adversity and also as needs must right but they're they also tend to be more resilient businesses that aren't reliant on kind of that outside capital you know they are built with kind of strong unit economics in mind strong sort of value creation in mind first without sort of going after just the growth factor you know i think that that there will always be people that are willing to take that journey as long as they know what the the rules are and and i think that's the other thing that you touched on that is really important it's understanding where to go for what and when because i think you know the other thing that can be very confusing as a new founder right so i'm very fortunate in the fact that i've been operating in this ecosystem for a while i kind of know how to navigate it you know i understand what the different sort of pots of capital are, exist and what they're there for and who to turn to for various bits of information or advice albeit that you know even for me you know there's still hurdles that one has to to jump over and you know you have to go through various things to find the right the right source for information or whatever it might be but equally you know for those that don't have that benefit of experience it's even more overwhelming because it, it you know there is such a large you know variety of content and resources out there that it can be very hard to navigate so i think having having a place that one can go and get that guidance is really important and I think the other thing just, you know, that you mentioned that I think is, again, really valuable to all entrepreneurs, and I think, you know, more of them should take take note of this, is that investors should not be there only for the capital. They should be there to help, you know, they should be there to be able to provide the resources. You know, if you are an underrepresented founder, if you are, you know, a female founder and there are specific programs that an investor is providing, then, you know, you should think about working with that investor a bit more closely because clearly they have, you know, they have your future in mind as well as obviously their own because at the end of the day, venture is all about creating returns. But I think that holistic approach has much better chance of success in today's environment than, you know, just buckets of cash sitting there waiting to get to get deployed, which obviously has been the case over the last couple of years. 100%. And it's, it's when we, we talk to a lot of you know, new and early companies and there's always a desire to jump at the first funding that comes to the table because clearly, you know, they, they need funding to grow and they just want to take it and get on with it. And we're often saying you need to, to be really thoughtful about the funding you 
take? You know, who's it from? What does that mean for the future? Not just think about this round, but have a, a, a future strategy so you know the impact of taking funding now to how you might want to take it later and who you get it from that is back to people point again that relationship is fundamentally important and ultimately you know investors invest in people they like and um, companies should have investors that they like because what what you do know and you know very well from all things that you've been involved in and it's that ultimately things don't go the way that you plan that's the one thing that you do know so you're going to come across bumps and they might be pretty big bumps you need to be able to speak to your investors you need to have a conversation about to, you need to kind of face into the problems and the challenges and share them and work your way through them. So who you have got in your company is fundamentally important and companies do need to take enough time to, to think that through and make sure they've got the right relationship for them. Yeah, I think that's absolutely spot on. You need to be able to have honest conversations at both sides of the table because, you know, when things are great, they're great. When things are tough, they're tough. And you want someone who's going to be by your side. You know, they may not be able to put more capital in, but they, you know, you want them to be able to give you the kind of direction and guidance that helps you get over the the next hurdle and, you know, reach that next milestone. Kerry, it's been absolutely wonderful speaking to you today. I'm so glad we managed to get this recorded. So for our listeners, where's the best place for them to find you? Are you online? Are you on Twitter? Are you on LinkedIn? Where can they look for you? And, and equally, where can they find Scottish Enterprise? So Scottish Enterprise anywhere, literally, um, all of the above. Um, for myself, LinkedIn is definitely the best way to, to find me and quite easy to find. It seems to be only one, one Kerry Sharp on there. I'm delighted to get messages from anybody at uh, any point. Amazing. Thank you so much, Kerry. I really enjoyed our conversation. Have a great day. Thank you, you too. Thanks for listening to Nothing Ventured, an Emerge One production. We'd love to get your feedback and thoughts on our conversations, as well as topics or guests you'd love to hear from. Drop me a line on social media or via one of the links in the show notes. I mean, what have you got to lose, right? Right.